Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, hey, everyone. I am so excited to have Dr. Robin Graham on the Know, Like, and Trust show today. And one of the big reasons I'm really excited is because we have very similar histories. We've both done personal brand photography in the past. We both have moved into brand strategy. And you guys know by now, I am not one of those people who shies away from competition. I don't really believe in it in the real world, honestly. I think we all have something unique to offer. We all have different perspectives. And while we have very similar methodologies, I think Robin has a different perspective and a different outlook, and we can all learn from that. So a little bit about her before we dive in. Using the power of brand strategy, Dr. Robin Graham helps women discover the next phase of their career as an entrepreneur. She helps them build personal brands and businesses with solid foundations for long-term brand and business success. Robin saves her clients from overwhelm and frustration and investing time and money with no results. She's the author of You, Me, and Anxiety, publishing in early 2022. She's an award-winning photographer, wife, mom to three, woman of faith, and passionate about serving others. She's also the host of the Second Phase podcast and enjoys speaking on the value of brand marketing strategy and personal branding. So with that said, let's dive on in. All right. Well, Robin, welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show. Brittany, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. When we connected um, by email originally, I was just excited to even become aware of who you are because we have an interesting connection in terms of our career paths. So super excited to be here. Yeah, I know. It's always funny to me how like, you know, you're, you're doing your thing, you're out there, you're working, you're with clients. And then you find out that someone's doing something so similar to you and you're like, how did I not know that this person existed? Like, shouldn't I be aware of that? But I think that's kind of one of the cool things about online business in, in general is that there's there's room for so many people and there's there's need for so many people, even if you do similarly aligned things. So I think that's pretty cool. But how similarly our careers have aligned is, is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. So I know that obviously you're going to be talking about branding and all of that. And I have in the past on this show talked quite a bit about it, but not nearly as much over the last year or so. So I'm excited to kind of dive into what I and you probably would consider basics, but I think that our audiences both need like a really good good reminder about. But but I'd also like to hear a little bit from you how you ended up in the world of branding in the first place, because I know this was not the first thing that you were doing. No. So just to kind of wrap my life up in a nutshell, I actually went to college and got a doctorate in pharmacy, but I never did traditional pharmacy. I either worked in a hospital on a clinical team, or I was in the managed care sector. So I did a lot of marketing. I worked with the marketing departments and helped them actually sell the pharmacy benefits to their clients and bring them in as our clients. And so I loved that atmosphere, but it wasn't until many years into my career that, um, I decided based on our family life and complete chaos with my husband's travel schedule, me traveling and three kids and travel sports and everything that I was going to step away from that. And I was going to follow my passion and become a professional photographer. 
thus what we have in common too. And so over the years I was doing photography, but what I realized from the get-go was that branding photography, which 10 years ago, wasn't really a thing. It was website photography, maybe a CD cover, but it wasn't truly branding photography, but that's what I loved. And I very quickly discovered that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be working with professionals. I still needed that strategic component going in my mind. I still needed to have that intellectual component going, not just the creative side. And so as I was working with headshot clients, working with branding clients, I realized that there was this real need for understanding brand strategy and building a solid foundation for a business, not just going out and saying, okay, here I do this and then marketing yourself, but really creating that personal brand and being present. So people could not only get to know, like, and trust you, but also, you know, form those relationships with you that are going to easily convert. So you can sell without selling. And so that's how I got into the strategy component, just really completely for free and accidentally helping my clients with building their personal brands. And then you know, deciding, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to charge for it. But of course, you know, all of that being said, this is what, you know, I had to learn for myself. And so the more I learned for myself and then took certification classes, the more I realized how much I could help and serve other people who were starting a business so that they didn't have to go down that rabbit hole of, what, what do I buy? Who do I listen to online? H- how do I put myself out there? And what funnel is best or what email provider is best? You know, all those questions that people have and spend a fortune on learning not to get anywhere. I think that one of the things that you said in, in particular that I'd like to touch on, you know, you said, you know, people were were coming to you and almost by accident, you fell into to brand strategy because you were able to provide, you know, a piece of it, you know, that visual, you know, photographic piece. And this is something that I kind of just signed my name to as well. People were getting the photographs and they're looking at them and they're like, this is great. I look great. I love how this makes, you know, me feel. I obviously am hoping that it will help my clients feel the same way, but like, what do I what do I do with it? And and you mentioned, you know, the intellectual point as well as the creative for yourself. And I think, you know, for me, it's always been the same, right? You know, I, I love making something beautiful. I, I very much value beauty as a part of my life, but I also want it to do something. I want it to have some depth and meaning to it. And branding as a whole is is a piece that anyone in this field has to constantly educate everyone else around, right? But I think that the way you you kind of came at it just to me makes so much sense. But to the outside world, they they hear how you and I each kind of fell into brand strategy and they're like, but how, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, it is funny. And you you hit the nail on the head because nobody knows what to do with these pictures. And, you know, it's really quite simple. You You want them to attract your ideal audience. You want them to be the gateway into your heart and soul so they can get to know a little bit about you and really form that emotional connection with you. But once you start placing those pictures, there's still so much more to being able to, and you as a content creator get this more than anyone, being able to tell your story and communicate how you can best serve other people through your life experiences. And, you know, the, the images are a start, but people would, would have them and they'd be gorgeous and they would think, oh, this is wonderful. I never looked so good, but they had no idea what depth those images could provide their business. And so it started with the images and then built on that foundation of, okay, here's how you use the images, but it goes so much farther than just putting an image up on social media or putting an image up as a headshot. So 
yeah, I know you agree. And, and we're totally on the same page on that front. One of the things I said in a talk I gave, it's it's been a couple of years ago now, but I said something along the lines of, you know, yes, a picture is worth a thousand words, um, but the right words are worth all the pictures. And I think I think that kind of relationship between words and pictures kind of really accurately describes how we talk about brand strategy and content strategy in in my world, at least as it relates to online businesses like like ours and like the audiences and everything because yes you, like you need these pictures you need them to speak to your best client you need them to elicit that kind of emotional connection that you were talking about and and those pictures do such a fantastic job at hooking people in and gaining that attention but you know you can yell fire in a crowded room and and get attention but you're not going to be able to keep it unless you've got some substance behind it. And and to me, that's where the strategy really comes in, right? Like you need a good strategy. Like, yes, use these gorgeous visuals, hook people in, get their attention on you, but but then back it up with like the substance of what your brand actually is, which obviously you and I both agree on is so much more than your color palette and your font choice and whatnot. <laughs> yes, 100%. And I like to describe it as, and this is something that I learned from studying under Marty Neumeier, if anyone is familiar with him, but he always says that your brand is that gut feeling people have of you when they first meet you. And I like to say your personal brand is what other people think, say, and feel about you. And that's whether you're there with them or not in the room with them, but it really and truly is that perception other people have of you. And your branding to me is how you communicate your story that differentiates you from all other people in your space. And as you do that, telling people what makes you unique, why are you the perfect fit for them versus somebody else who does the exact same thing? And I think, you know, for you, especially you get it because of the content creation strategies that you put in place for your clients. And you have to have that strategy with telling that story so that it can effectively impact the thoughts that other people have of you and that perception they hold of you. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, we're I'm not for everyone. You're not for everyone. No one is, right? So we have to make sure that we're connecting with those people that we're truly called to serve and to serve them the best way possible. So I know that you're a big fan of making sure that your your branding is incorporating your passions and and your values. And how are you helping guide your clients with that? So a lot of times people come to me and they don't have clarity. And I love to dig into that and help them discover that, right? And one of the ways that I do that is to have my clients take a look and list out their values, their visions, and their passions. And if you think of a Venn diagram, at some point on those lists, they're all three going to overlap. And in my opinion, I believe that that is where your purpose is. If you call it a niche, call it a purpose, but that's where you're going to be the most fulfilled and that's where you can best serve your audience. And so it helps you not only figure out what you're meant to be doing or where you're going to be the most fueled, but also who you're meant to be working with. You know, who are those people that need you to solve a problem that your skill set, your passions, your your values where those can align with what those people you want to serve actually need. So I like that you kind of gave the visual of the Venn diagram, right? Because, <laughs> you know, the overlapping aspect is really important here. And I also like that there's three kind of 
categories that we're looking at, right? So values, visions, and passions. These are different things for everybody, right? But the the vision portion, I have not heard anybody else in branding talk about. So would you mind diving into that a little bit deeper? So I like to think of it as, you know, when you're a child, you have dreams of what you want to be when you grow up and you can actually see yourself. Those of us who thought, oh, I want to be a photographer. I want to be an artist. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a doctor. You can actually envision yourself being whatever that is, right? Like, I mean, as a child, you have these daydreams and even going through college and studying whatever you're studying. Like I knew I was going to be a pharmacist. I knew that like I had visions of myself being with patients. It was never like a completely clear vision, but I had that vision. And I think so many of us have those, those childhood dreams, those aspirations, but they get pushed aside. They don't come to fruition because other people are telling us what we should do or how we should live our life or how we should pursue our dreams. And so a lot of times those things that we think that we want to do, and we can really visualize ourselves doing and the people that we you know, can visualize ourselves helping or serving, they get pushed to the wayside. And I think, you know, my audience is primarily women who are in their second phase. And so they're, you know, they're transitioning from corporate to entrepreneurship or stay at home mom to entrepreneurship. And so if they're lacking clarity, it's where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself working? Where do you see yourself presenting? Where do you see yourself working with your clients? What do you see yourself doing to help your clients and tapping into those inside visions that we all have? We've just don't pay attention to. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I like the way that you kind of likened it back to childhood things. And I was thinking about this recently. I've, I've not shared this on the, the show yet, but you know, I definitely watched The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Oh, yeah. You know, what, 25, 30 years ago, right? And I watched Lois Lane, you know, Terry Hatcher as Lois Lane on there. And I was like, I want to be a journalist. And my dad was like, no, you don't. They don't make any money. And, you know, but like it was always kind of in the back of my head, right? And then, you know, eventually I went to school. I had a, you know, microbiology major. I dropped out. I became a photographer. And I was always like, yeah, this has no reality based on anything I said I was going to do as a kid. And then, you know, eventually photography became branding photography, branding photography became more brand strategy. And now, and now further into content strategy, where I'm mostly writing for a living. And it's not quite journalism, let's be honest here. <laughs> Copywriting and journalism are not the same thing, most of the time, at least. But um, it, it does kind of circle back there. And, and that's a kind of an interesting realization that I've thought about here and there, like in the back of my head a couple times over the last year or two, but I haven't really put into words yet. And I, I love that you described it that way and it just kind of brought it up for me. Yeah, that's cool. And I love that. And really, if you think about it, copywriting is similar to journalism, just because you are digging in and having to discover all those facts and all the information and do your research as you're creating, right? The research part is definitely similar. <laughs> right? It's like similar. The writing's different, obviously. But at the same time, you're connecting with people and you're educating and you're sharing and all those. So it's a little bit similar. But yeah, that's really cool. I love that. So that's visions. And then we have values and passions. And when I talk about values, I'm usually talking about core values. Are you in the same realm? Yeah, your core values. You know, those things that really make you who you are and that have to align with your clients as well. Like you can't have clients who have values at the complete opposite spectrum of yours because 
you're not going to be able to serve them and they're not going to be able to accept your guidance as well. So it's really important to understand where you're coming from as a person from your values perspective. Yes. And then passions. I'm assuming the way you're talking about passions, like things that you genuinely love doing where your your enthusiasm for what you're doing cannot help but spill over into the work. Absolutely. And then just that, you know, I like to describe it when you, when you do something and you get almost like the butterflies in your stomach where your whole body just feels kind of lit up. Like you're, and I don't mean like in a woo woo way. I mean, like you really feel it in your heart and soul that this is what I'm meant to be doing, or this is, this is what I really, really love. And if I can do this, I can help so many people, but it really excites you. It just lights you up and and moves you into action. So you know, you've got your clarity on your values, your passions, your visions, you've found the overlapping area, you've got that kind of direction. Most people I have found at that point, they're like, okay, this is what my brand is. I have words that I can use to describe my brand. But now what do I do with it? Oh, well, now you've got to start telling everyone. (laughs) But really, what I like to say is once that's identified, you clarity doesn't stop there because you've really got to fine tune who your ideal audience is as well. Like who are those people that you want to serve? So you've got to do a little bit more work when it comes to that. But then you've got to start creating your content and you have to have a platform to put that content. I am a firm believer in having a website. I just feel like it takes the level of professionalism up a hundred notches and makes you look like somebody that people want to hire. I'm not a fan of businesses running their business off of Facebook or another platform because they don't own those platforms at any given time. Those can go away. I just really believe that you need a home for your business or a foundation for your business. And I think your website is that because you can run so many things straight away from that, but that website has to be set up so that people can readily get to know who you are. And from there, they're going to start to trust you, but that's what your website is for. And then of course, directing traffic there and being that place where people can hire you from. So once you know what you're going to be doing, where your values, visions, and passions align, and then who the audience is that you're going to serve, you can start creating that content. And that content should tell the story of how you can serve your clients and what differentiates you from anyone else in your space and what you can do to help your clients and how you're going to help them and what your why is. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why does it matter to them? And why should they care? about what you can do for them. So really communicating all of those things. And I I personally think it's important to, to share what your values, visions, and passions are. Maybe not necessarily the visions as much, but definitely incorporate in your content, at least your copy on your website, your values and your passions, because that lets people know like more about that why and more about your personality to see if they're going to truly resonate and connect with you. And then from there, from once the website's finished, then you can start with your social media platforms. I believe that they all have to be cohesive and consistent. And so, you know, when we talk about brand identity, which is your logo, your color palette, your topography, all of those things need to be consistent across all of your platforms because they help you become more recognizable and more memorable. And we know that when we're more recognizable, more memorable, we're not only going to gain the confidence of our audience, they're going to start to trust us more, but we're also going to be more shareable because they just know us better. And so, you know, everything has to be 
like I said, cohesive so that that trust, the foundation for trust can start to build. And then messaging content, you know, this, uh, you know, that that comes into play so importantly, whenever everything is consistent, because your messaging has to be consistent. You don't want to have on your website that you do X, Y, Z, but then on social media, you're posting about completely different things. So it all ties back in together, but that's why clarity is so important because once you have that clarity, then you're going to feel more confident with yourself. And when you feel more confident with yourself, your audience is going to feel more confident with you. And when you're more confident with yourself, you're going to trust yourself more. And then your audience is going to trust you more. Oh, I cannot agree with you more on that part that, you know, the more confident you are, the easier it is for people to continue following you. You know, they may have happened upon you, by accident, they may have been referred over to you. And, you know, I've I've heard so many different places and sources talk about how the sales life cycle is growing longer right now. And, you know, the days of someone finding you and booking you the following week are, are pretty much over. You know, you might get a, a random one that does that, right? But the life cycle of a sales process is is lengthening. And as a result, you know, you need to the consistency up so that people have a reason to continually follow you, but also that the confidence piece that you were mentioning. I love talking about this because I have found that people who really struggle to show up consistently, they almost kneecap themselves, right? So if you're not showing up consistently, let's say you show up, you know, once this week and twice next week and then the following week, not at all. You know, that that lack of consistency on your own part not only decreases your confidence in yourself, it decreases people's ability to follow you and engage with you. So you aren't getting feedback, which lowers your confidence even further. Whereas, you know, even if you can only consistently show up once a week, if people know what to expect from you, they know to go find it, they know to go look for it. And when it pops up for them, whether, you know, on social media, if it just happens upon their feed due to the algorithm or, or whether, or whatever, they're more willing to, at that point, continually look for it and continually follow because they're confident that that little you know, micro commitment of searching your name on Instagram or, you know, looking up your podcast is going to result in them actually finding something new to engage with. I don't know about you, Robin, but one of like my biggest pet peeves is a podcast that I have grown to like. And I, you know, open my podcast app when I'm, you know, driving to the gym and there's nothing from that new person in like two weeks. And it's not like they said, oh, hey, we're at the end of a season. You know what I mean? There's just, there's nothing there. It's been two weeks. And then all of a sudden you're like, I haven't seen anything from them since May. Like, are, are they done done? Or are they just taking a break? And, you know, for me as someone who's on the go, if if I look up someone and there's nothing there for, for me, I'm not going to look them up again. I just don't have that much attention span. I don't have that much time on my hands to engage with other content. So if, if I don't see it there, you've probably lost me. Yeah, I agree. And it, and it's disappointing. And I think anytime someone feels that sense of disappointment, they're gone because then they're not going to believe you're going to be there for them when they truly need you to be. And I think the other thing, you know, related to confidence, because we live in such an online digital world and we're tr all trying to build our personal brands online so that we can be visible imposter syndrome creeps in so easily. And if we don't have confidence, we're going to get sucked into that. And then once that comparison itis, so to speak, and you know, the, the lack of confidence because of that creeps in that fear sets in, and then we stay in a place of procrastination and inaction. And so we have to 
put ourselves, you know, in the position to be consistent straight from the beginning and then just stick with it. And I always say, you know, if you can't commit to posting on social media five times a week or posting a blog five, you know, once a week or four times a month or whatever, then don't put those restrictions or demands on yourself. Commit to three times a week. Your audience may not grow as fast, but as long as you're being consistent with the audience you have and you're even growing slowly, you're going to have opportunities to build a warm audience and connect with people that could potentially hire you. But not showing up at all is never going to be the win. A hundred percent. And and the beauty of having that brand clarity that you've been talking about is even if you don't have something planned, right? And obviously from a content strategy point of view, please have something planned. But let's be honest, we've all had those times where either the thing we did have planned suddenly isn't appropriate because of what's happening in the world, or hey, you know, you meant to have two things scheduled for this week, but look, um, I only had one and oh, I should probably do something, right? Like we're all gonna have those situations. And when you have the brand clarity that you've been talking about, it is really easy to do something kind of ad hoc. You've got that filter, that brand filter kind of set up. You know, these are my values. Let's just talk about how this value applied to a client experience. Let's talk about how this this passion of mine was able to be lived out in this business offering. And you've always got something to talk about when you've kind of done that upfront work on what your brand means to your business and how you're going to use that going forward. Yeah, I agree. And you know, really with technology the way it is, for those instances, I have a notes file folder, whatever on my phone, you know, in my, and if I am, have not planned out my content for the week, or I've had something come up that, that just isn't what the message I want to send out today, you know, because like you said, we all have those moments in time. So I can pull something from those notes and maybe they're a quote from somebody else. Maybe it's just something I saw that's inspirational, or maybe it's something that I just wrote down because I thought, or put in those notes, because I thought someday I want to refer back to that because I definitely need to share it. And so you can pull from those resources so that you don't feel stressed and overwhelmed with trying to come up with something to say. I love what you were saying about incorporating, you know, the creative aspects and the intellectual aspects into what you wanted to do with business. And and from my perspective, brand strategy is such a great way to do both. You know, a lot of people think of branding as a creative process, but there's a lot of thought and and sometimes a lot of research too that, that goes into it. And I I like the way you kind of marry those two in, in what you're doing. So if someone is interested in kind of gaining that insight and guidance for their business, how can they find you? The best way to find me is I'm the Robin Graham, Robin with a Y everywhere. So my website is therobingraham.com and I'm the Robin Graham on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere. So I love to connect with people. I also have a Facebook group called the Female Entrepreneur Insider, and I would welcome people there as well, but I'm pretty easy to find. So just the Robin Graham. Perfect. Well, Robin, thank you so much. Thank you. It was an honor to be here. All right. I'm so excited about this. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Obviously, as you heard in the interview, I was really excited to ask Robin some of these questions because I myself have kind of burned out on educating about branding. It's an educational battle. There's so many different faux pas. There's so many different things people think they are when they're not really that. And I think she's doing a rock solid job in this sphere. So 
All that to say, go ahead, tune into the Second Phase podcast, hear more of her take on things. And if you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave an honest five-star review, review elsewhere if you're listening to it on a different platform, and we will see you guys next week. Next week.